2: I've always loved dogs. And I think that one of the reasons why I love them so much is because as a child, I wasn't allowed to have them. And as I grew up, that was the first thing I wanted was to get my own dog. To date, I think I've had, I was just counting up before the show, I think I've had 21 dogs since I was an adult. At one time I had 11 dogs all at one time and nothing makes me happier than being with my dogs. We're going walking, yeah, we are, come on. Nothing makes me happier than a walk in the woods or a walk on the lawn or a roll on the lawn with my dogs. Over the years, I have felt the truest, purest love, the love of God, really. I imagine that's what God's love feels like, is the love that comes from your dog because everybody says it's unconditional and they're happy to see you no matter what and there's never any judgment. One of my greatest teachers is my dog, Sophie. Now, Sophie lived for 13 years and came to work with me every day. Hi, Sophie. (laughs) Thank you. Hi, Sophie. (laughs) Was there for every show was backstage at the Oscars at the Emmys, was waiting in the car if I went to the gynecologist. Sophie and Solomon traveled with me everywhere, but even more particularly Sophie. And Sophie was I don't know, she had some kind of Stedman said it was an inferiority complex, but I don't think so. She was so attached to me that if I were to leave her in a hotel room for even five minutes, I'd walk down the hall and she'd be howling. So she'd have this separation anxiety that if she wasn't around me, she'd start howling like a wolf. And so many times I thought I was going to get put out of the hotel. But I will have to say I had deep love and affection for my little Sophie girl. Good girl, Sophie girl. And... It wasn't until she passed away that I really understood the depth of my love for her. Because I learned from a show we did many years ago with Gary Zukav that there are big souls and little souls. And Sophie was a little soul, just a little soul, but had a great impact on my life. And when I lost her is when I realized that nobody on earth had ever loved me like that little dog. I love dogs, I know other people are cat people, but I love dogs and have a great appreciation for all people who appreciate animals of this world. And I have to say that over the years, one of my very favorite and most profound lessons came from a dog that we had on the show, a dog that I didn't even know was a dog. The producers had told me that we were gonna have this guest who had been through a lot and had endured and survived, and that I would be surprised that this person was even standing on two feet. So when I introduced this next guest, I was surprised to see she was a dog! I have never, I have never, I have never, I have never. It's a two-legged dog. Yes. Okay, this is Faith, everybody, and her human sister, Laura Saminsky. Hi, Faith. Hi, sweetie pie. Hi, sweetie pie. Okay, this is Faith's triumphant journey. This is unbelievable.
3: My son, Reuben, brought Faith to us about three years ago. Reuben rescued Faith when she was
2: only three weeks old, just as the puppy's mother was trying to smother her.
3: Sometimes in nature, dogs will actually kill their own if they're not strong, if they're not able to suckle. The mother dog was actually sitting on Faith when he found her when he pulled her out to present her to me, I think that's when he realized that she was deformed. She looked up at us with a hope, a faith. Will you help me? Will you take care of me? You're my only chance.
2: Jude took the tiny pup to a veterinarian who recommended that she put her to sleep.
3: We never considered putting her away, especially because of her deformity.
2: The puppy was born with two severely deformed front legs and could only move by dragging herself along the floor.
3: The doctor said, if she continues, she'll rub a hole in her chest and her chin.
2: To survive, the little pup would have to learn to do something incredible, balance on her two hind legs like a human.
3: We chose to use peanut butter on the end of a spoon, and we'd lift it up, so she'd have to lift her chin up. Then it was a matter of sitting up. We put her out in the snow, just set her down, and she immediately just sprang up and sat up like a rabbit. So we motioned for her, come, come on, hop, and she took one hop. And when she took that first hop, we totally rewarded her with peanut butter and gummy bears and hugs and kisses. The day that she took her first really good hop was the day we solidified her name, Faith. Our jaws were like, oh my God. It's like seeing a baby for the first time take their first steps. You're like, my baby, she can walk. Greatest thing about Faith is that she makes people happy.
1: Does he lick?
3: She is a demonstration of what it looks like to persevere. What it feels like to say, I can do what I want to do. Nothing can stop me. I think she's amazing. And she's definitely a gift from God. I think
2: that is so amazing. I think that is so amazing. So I hear that you say that she's made you less selfish.
3: Yes, she has. Um, we cannot think of ourselves anymore. And I think everybody thinks of themselves in their own way, you know? Yeah. Well, we would have to go to her needs. We had to take care of her, make sure she was okay.
2: She's so cute. Come here, Faith. Come here, come here, sweetie. Come here. Come here, girl. Hi, girl. Hi, girl. Hi girl. You're a sweet girl. <laughs> She's gonna wow. lay down. She's gonna lay down. Well, how does she eat standing up? How does she do that?
3: Um, actually, she eats um, off of a pedestal. Sometimes it yeah. just depends what she wants to eat off of. She has a bowl on the ground that she will eat off of, and she'll literally put it in her mouth, take it under the bed, and eat. It just oh, depends really? what she wants sometimes to do. Sometimes she'll eat laying down. Then yes, right.
2: Wow. <laughs> she's also a therapy dog.
3: Yes, yeah, she's a read dog. Um, you know ESL kids who come yeah. from Mexico and they can't read very well in English, and so if they read to us, we would judge them. But reading to her, she can't judge them. In yeah. fact, they have so much fun with her. They make faces at her and laugh, and wow. she just enjoys it. Well,
2: isn't this a miracle dog? And if this dog can
3: do this, makes
2: you think, what can I do? Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so I still do to this day. I think it's just one of the great, great, amazing stories and how appropriately named. And you know that when I went to South Africa, for the first time looking for girls for my school, going around to various villages, that one of the girls who uh, I was interviewing said to me, I know who you are. You're the woman who had that dog, Faith, on your show. Uh, Believe me, she got into the school. Uh, So, that story had touched so many people in different parts of the world. I didn't even recognize it because this young girl said to me that when she saw that dog walking on two legs that she believed that anything was possible for her too. Just amazing. From a dog, a two-legged dog. Hi, Dave. Hi, sweetie pie. Hi, sweetie pie. If that little dog can do that, what can you do? That's what I left that day with. And I think that's the message that you sent to everybody. All over the world when you think sometimes you can't get up you can't get, get yourself moving you can't move yourself forward think of that little dog rolling itself off off the ground rolling itself down into the ground you can do it summer
0: the best time of year usually doesn't come with a great deal soaring temperatures come with soaring prices but what if there's another way
2: On the Oprah show, hundreds of animals have danced, jumped, and skateboarded their way into our hearts. They all remind us that sometimes the greatest lessons in life come to us in the most unexpected ways. I love it when I have days where I get surprised and have big aha moments for myself. So this idea came to me from Glenn Close, the actress, who wanted to come on and talk about a program called uh, Puppies Behind Bars. In 2009, animal lover and five-time Oscar nominee Glenn Close introduced us to a groundbreaking program called Puppies Behind Bars.
1: When these violent men were locked up, they say they shut down.
4: My name is Jesse. I am incarcerated for manslaughter in the first degree. Being in a place like this, you're surrounded by coldness 24-7. It's hard to actually show emotions around the people that you're surrounded by because they take that as a sign of weakness.
1: But a program close to my heart called Puppies Behind Bars is transforming these criminal offenders. Inmates are given eight-week-old puppies and taught to train them to become service dogs for wounded soldiers. In return, puppies give the prisoners something many of them have never experienced before, unconditional love. They're together 24 hours a day. The puppies even sleep in the inmates' cells. The program teaches these convicted felons responsibility and respect. But it's the loving connection with the puppy that is truly life changing.
5: Yes! Having this dog with me, you know, each and every second of the day, it just made me more aware of
4: of feelings being around the puppies really opened me up. Being there and just loving them is a strong bond. It's very strong. It's like a part of you. I'm gonna make my family and those around me proud of me again. Joining this program, it just, it it helped me to give myself a sense of pride again, to know that by nurturing and raising these dogs to their fullest potential, that I could give back.
2: Just love this, love, love, love the idea that someone who is considered uncorrectable by society or somebody who's considered an outcast by society can give such love and such nourishment and care, then feel it in return, because that's the way the world works. There was a moment during this show that I really had such a big aha that I understood that so many people who have been neglected and damaged in their life are feeling that damage because of their incapacity to actually love and feel love have never received love in their life and have never been able to really give love in their life. And seeing the prisoners be able to give love to the dogs and then the dogs be given to soldiers who are coming from Afghanistan and Iraq at the time, just felt like the absolute best full circle love moment possible. One of those prisoners was Roberto. He served 16 years for second degree murder. Roberto spent 16 months training Frankie, a service dog for wounded soldier Sergeant Alan Hill. How old were you when you came in?
5: 17 years old. I am now 33 years old. I could wish I could um, turn back the hands and time for the hurt that, and pain that I've caused so many people, especially my victim's family.
1: As far as your life is concerned, what Puppies Behind Bars meant to you?
5: Being able to be involved in a puppy program has taught me how to be a responsible person.
1: It has taught me um,
5: patience.
1: Just a few months ago, Roberto had to let Frankie go. It was time for her to serve a wounded soldier.
5: The first night I was without Frankie, I had to say that it was was a long night. It was difficult for me. I had gotten emotionally attached to her, and it was hard for me to realize that the next morning I was going to wake up, and I actually, you know, feed her that morning.
1: Frankie was placed with Sergeant Alan Hill, who was hit by a roadside bomb just two months shy of completing his second tour of duty in Iraq. Sergeant Hill suffers from traumatic brain injury and severe combat-related post-traumatic stress disorder. Frankie helped Sergeant Hill snap out of paralyzing, violent flashbacks. They traveled to Fishkill so Sergeant Hill could meet the man who trained Frankie, the dog, he says, who gave him back his life. Roberto never expected to see Frankie again. Frankie!
5: Come here, baby! Oh, good girl, miss you, girl. Come here. Oh, girl, Frankie. Give me a kiss. Oh, miss you, kiss. Oh, good girl. This is a good girl. You're excited. I know. So am I. Oh. Mr. Allen, how you doing? How you doing, Mr.? It's an honor and a pleasure to meet you. I'm happy that she made a difference in your life. Yeah, I know. She's a valuable dog. You know. I mean, you can't put money on the time that you spent. You can't you can't put a dollar amount on that because it came from the heart.
2: Wow. Is that not a great moment when the soldier is thanking the inmate for the dog that he trained for him? That's that's what I call a full circle moment. What you're putting out is coming back to you all the time. And then not only that, give that gift to soldiers who've been giving themselves for their country, and all of us, and have them be a part of the circle of love. Just doesn't get better than that. Summer,
0: the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. an episode and start your journey to greatness
1: today
2: it's easy to see how faith to dog is a miracle but i think an even bigger miracle is what's taking place in the puppies behind bars program because really a miracle is just a change in perception it's a change in the way you look at things and for every one of the inmates who gets to work with one of those puppies they begin to change the way they see themselves they begin to take responsibility for themselves. They begin to see that they could have feelings for another being. They begin to see that that being, in this case, the puppies or dogs, have feelings for them and that those feelings are real. Because anybody who's ever loved an animal knows that there's nothing purer or truer or more giving than the love that that animal has to share with you. So that's why I think it is really, not just rhetoric, but truthful to say, that a miracle takes place when there is any kind of exchange of love and caring going on.
5: Frankie,
2: sit. Good girl. Before Glenn Close left the prison, right, she and Sergeant Allen Hill sat down for an emotional conversation with some of those inmates.
4: I want to start first by reading a few lines from my PBB philosophy. And it goes, a core belief that incarcerated individuals can change, can be trusted, and can contribute to society. This is our way to repaying a society that we um, took so much from. This is Joy, currently my third dog. She brought forth in me the ability to love again. It had been so dormant in me for so long because of the cold place that I'm in, excuse me, that I didn't know that I could love again. And we all get to see how greatly these dogs affect the lives of the people that they touch. And it's those same lives that we have touched also through these dogs.
5: Frankie has been there for me. She's been my rock. When I've needed her to help me out with a flashback or a nightmare, I can do things that for a year and a half I couldn't do.
4: This is a, a overwhelming feeling, you know, and um, what I get from this program is uh, a sense that uh, love and support something that I never had in my life.
5: This is Anne, this is my third dog. Ann, down, <laughs> good girl, go down uh frankie <laughs> excuse me <laughs> Frankie's family here I'm sorry um we heard immediately how much Frankie was loved and how well she was taken care of uh she's she's fantastic and and I'm so glad that you love her like we do, so that makes you family, you know. And uh, what better gift, what better gift can, can we give you, you know, for a man who served this country in, in this time of need, and to this beautiful talk?
2: Thank you. Thank you. What that story really speaks to for me is the power of redemption. This is a room filled with cold-blooded killers and burglars and armed robberies and all kinds of other convictions in that room. First degree murder, second degree murder, armed robbery. Um, and these are people whom we judge, put behind bars and are most often forgotten because we want to forget about them. We want to to believe that if they're put away, we don't have to think about them and our lives will be okay. What the Puppies Behind Bars program proves is that every person, no matter how hardened no matter how cold and no matter how removed from their own connection to themselves or how removed they are from life and society, has the power to feel love. So for me, this whole show that we did with the puppies behind bars helping the inmates and the inmates helping the soldiers was really about the great power of love and redemption. The whole world watched what happened in New Orleans during Katrina. We all were devastated for our fellow citizens. When we sent Nate Berkus, along with some other members of our Oprah show team, down to New Orleans to see what we could do, Nate, in a moment, in a flash of a moment, understood what really mattered. In September of 2005, just four days after Hurricane Katrina ravaged the Gulf Coast, Nate Burkus went to Metairie, Louisiana to see how people were coping in the aftermath of the deadly storm.
3: It reminds me of the tsunami in that um, pe- these people, their expressions, their body language, you can tell that they just don't know what tomorrow is going to be all about. One of the saddest things about what's going on here are that people have saved their animals by putting them on rafts and keeping them out of the water. And now they're here and they're not allowed to take their dogs with them on the buses. In these
4: us at the last minute, we can't take the dog. Well, this guy and his dog rescued me off my roof. He's had the dog
3: for 14 years. He's only 24, so he's had the dog for 14 years. You know what, we have a solution for you, okay? I wanna take the dog on, on um, what's his name? Rafiki. Sorry? Rafiki. Rafiki. Um, we're going to take him and two other dogs that we met here, and we're going to send him to a house in Baton Rouge. It's a private house where we're sleeping. And when you get back. (laughs) I
1: told
3: you. (laughs) I told you, (laughs) dog.
2: God, that still makes me cry. That still makes me cry because that was such raw, powerful emotion. For him, wasn't that? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, he didn't yeah. need the end of the explanation. Yeah. What he heard was that the somebody was, was there, there and, was and, safe. and, yeah, and that somebody cared. Yeah. And that he, I saw him.
2: Yeah. What happened to the, that story? What happened?
3: He, they were reunited. Yeah. Um, Rafiki went in the back of a limousine with a few other dogs. <laughs> yeah. To, I know it sounds crazy, but that's what happened. And he went in the back to this house where we were staying, Lisa Ling's friend. Yeah. Um, agreed to take in as many dogs as we could send up there. And they went to the pet store and they bought food and water and they kept all the dogs until everybody was relocated and I gave them all the phone number. So they all reunited. It was a really beautiful thing. Yeah,
2: it still makes me cry, you know why? Because I was thinking, just as I know you will be too, those of you who have pets, I was thinking about myself and my own dog. I'm thinking about all the people who are in that situation and you've grown up with your pet, you love your pet. Those of us who have pets know that it's not just pets, it's a member of your family, it's a family member. So the reason why that still makes me cry is when I see how grateful he is that somebody has come to think of his dog as he thinks of his dog, that it's somebody that you love and you cherish. And oh my God, that is a a really powerful moment, I think because it's not just about the dog. It's about Nate stopping in that moment and seeing that that dog really mattered to him, that this was a member of his family. It would be like leaving a member of your family on the side of the road, and people who have their, their, their pets who are family members are not gonna leave their pets behind. I wouldn't be able to choose which dog I would have to leave behind. I wouldn't be able to say, you know, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna leave my dogs here, so. Oh. That's why that's so heart-wrenching. There we were in the middle of this tragic circumstance and there is Nate and a stranger and a dog. Just a little bit of love that gave us all a little more hope. Patrick enjoyed nearly five more years with his beloved dog, Rafiki, who passed away at the age of 18. One of the greatest lessons I've learned from my dogs is patience because I bring my dogs to work every day because I can. And it's really a little gift that you have because in between doing the work, sitting at my desk, talking to people, having meetings, sometimes I will just pick up little Sadie now. That's my current little sweetheart daughter. You are gorgeous. And give her a hug and feel the energy of her unconditional love for me. You are my sunshine. Come on, Sadie. For those of you who don't know the love of an animal, I hope that seeing some of this maybe opens up your heart to the idea of what animals can do for humans. Some of my best moments on Earth have been spent with my dogs. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul Conversation. Thank you for listening.